0: all places together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here is a story for you. A story called A Foundation of Friendship. A quick word before jumping in, today's story is another one about pregnancy and fertility. You can hear a longer introduction in episode 26 and decide if it is something you are comfortable with hearing. Know that I understand whatever you decide. As an extrovert and external processor, I need to be able to talk about the things that happen in my life. To be honest, the first draft of that sentence said, I need to talk about the big things in my life, but I actually realized that I need to be able to talk about the little things too. And while many people in my life hear many of my stories, sometimes there are things that happen that I need to talk to one person in particular about. Now, this isn't always the same person. It kind of rotates with each situation. It depends on First, who I think will answer the phone. I know, you're gasping right now because I'm one of those elder millennials who still really likes talking on the phone and will still call people without setting up a phone date first via text. I'm kind of the worst. Second, who knows most of the backstory so I don't have to do too much setting up about the situation at hand. And three, Who has a similar enough experience to get what I need counsel on so that I know they'll really understand where I'm coming from? They don't have to have gone through the same exact thing, right? That's probably not realistic. Everybody's life is kind of different. But it's helpful if they've gone through like a parallel thing. I would be a total mess and very lost without my friends and my husband who helped me make sense of my life. I'm also really thankful for my therapist who helps me navigate all of these relationships and helps me in other really big ways too. And I imagine that even if you aren't an external processor or an extrovert like me, you have someone in your life whose friendship has helped you through a difficult time. You may text instead of talking on the phone You may send a meme or a video that sums up your feeling and simply say, it me. You may say, let's play this video game. I need to let off some steam. Relationships, platonic and romantic, look different for all of us. But we all need someone. We all need people. It's no different for the people in the Bible. There are some really beautiful stories about friends throughout the Hebrew and Christian Testaments, or the Old and New Testaments as they are often called. One of my favorite friendships is between two women, two cousins actually, Mary and Elizabeth. Today's story is one where Mary needed to talk to Elizabeth. Let's set the scene. Mary, the mother of Jesus, makes an appearance in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. While only Matthew and Luke have a story of Jesus' birth, all four Gospels tell stories of Jesus having interactions with his mother when he is an adult. In modern-day decorations that show Jesus' birth, Mary is usually the one wearing blue and is either kneeling by the baby or holding the baby. Elizabeth, on the other hand, only appears in the Gospel of Luke, and her story is woven together with Mary's in a beautiful and deeply powerful way. We don't have time to read all of Elizabeth's stories from Luke, but here's the summary. Elizabeth is old. Her husband, Zachariah, is also old, And despite being married for years, they never had a baby because Elizabeth was said to be barren. I hope this story arc is sounding a little familiar if you listened to the episode about Sarah called There's Still Time. Them not having a baby would have been a deep source of shame for Elizabeth because women's main purpose and contribution to society at the time was understood to be birthing children or their husbands, and ideally, at least one of these children would be a son. And after all of these years, God has a surprise for them. An angel comes to Zechariah and tells him that he and Elizabeth are going to have a son who will be a prophet of God and who will prepare people for the coming of God. Zechariah doesn't believe the angel, he questions the angel, And so for the duration of the pregnancy, Zachariah isn't allowed to talk. It's kind of wild. Elizabeth gets pregnant. She understands that God's doing this new thing with her, through her, and that their son is going to grow up to be John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist and Jesus actually end up having a really interesting and important relationship too, but we'll have to talk about that another time. So while Elizabeth is still pregnant, a different angel comes to Elizabeth's cousin Mary and tells Mary that God wants her to be the mother of God's son. This is a big deal on a lot of levels, right? First of all is that God has never really had a son before in this way. So it's pretty wild and pretty innovative, like from the get-go. Another reason that this is a big deal was because Mary was not yet married. And then, based on societal standards, this means that she should not be pregnant. Saying yes to God was putting the possibility of having a stable life on the line. Mary is engaged to a man named Joseph, and Joseph would have had every right to leave her if she was pregnant. Yet even with this possibility, Mary says yes to the angel, yes to God, and she becomes pregnant with Jesus. After the angel leaves, the author Luke tells us that Mary ponders all of these things in her heart. What a heartfelt affirmation for all of you internal processors out there who hold things in your heart. You and Mary, the mother of our Lord, just goodness, have this beautiful thing in common. And as Mary ponders about what is about to happen, I think she realizes who she needs to be able to tell about this, who she needs to be with. It has to be Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth has also been visited by an angel. Elizabeth also has a miraculous pregnancy. Elizabeth also knew what it was like to face societal shame, and Elizabeth also shared Mary's faith. They believed in the same God. They had the same hope for a Savior to be born. If anyone was going to be able to come close to understanding what Mary was going through, it was going to be Elizabeth. And since there are no cell phones, emails, or even a postal system, Mary leaves her home to go and see Elizabeth. So here is verses 39 to 46 from the first chapter of Luke. And I'm reading from Wilda Gaffney's A Woman's Lectionary for the Whole Church, Year W. Mary set out in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a Judean town. There she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Now when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. From where does this visit come to me that the mother of my sovereign comes to me? Look, as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting in my ear, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of those things spoken to her by the Holy One. This conversation and interaction is one of my favorites from all of Scripture. I love how Mary just goes into the house and like hollers for Elizabeth. And then how all of Elizabeth's body, including the child inside of her, reacts. It makes me think of this moment from my childhood. It was 6 a.m. on the morning when my family was going to Disney World with my cousins and their parents, with my aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle were going to pick us up to go to the airport together. My brother and I are like super sleepy on the couch, but then we suddenly hear the door swing open and my uncle's voice fills the house as he yells, M-I-C-K-E-Y. And we leapt up and responded, M-O-U-S-C. Our whole bodies resounded with joy at his greeting. And I think this is how Elizabeth felt too. But instead of singing about an animated mouse, Elizabeth goes, you are so blessed. The mother of my God is here. The joy of the moment, the power of the moment fills Elizabeth's body from her head to her uterus to her toes. It's incredible. There are many paintings of this moment, and my favorites show an x ray view into the wombs of Mary and Elizabeth. The mom's faces are like pleased or thankful or joyful. They're like happy to be together. But then you see little Jesus and little John the Baptist like checking each other out. Jesus often has his little baby fingers up in a blessing, a blessing for John. And it's almost like he's saying, it's going to be a rough road ahead, but we're ride or die, my cousin. We're in this together. All right, we're really going to have to talk about their friendship another time. I could go on and on about these verses, but I want us to hear what Mary says in response to Elizabeth. I want to be sure that we're hearing both of their verses. So immediately after Mary hears and receives Elizabeth's greeting and blessing, Mary says this, we stopped at verse 45 and now we're picking up at verse 46. And again, I'm reading from Wilda Gaffney's A Woman's Lectionary for the Whole Church Year W. My soul magnifies the Holy One, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's own womb slave, Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's loving kindness is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown the strength of God's own arm. God has scattered the arrogant in the intent of their heart. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and uplifted the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's own child Israel, a memorial to God's mercy. Just as God said to our mother and fathers, to Hagar and Sarah and Abraham, to their descendants forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months, and then she returned to her home. Here ends the reading. These verses are called the Magnificat and have been set to countless musical tunes over the course of history. And the themes that we see here actually draw heavily from another biblical song sung by a woman named Hannah in 1 Samuel, a book that is in the Hebrew Testament. We'll actually be digging into Hannah's story and song next week. So this week, we can really focus in on what Mary is saying here to Elizabeth. Just as Elizabeth had a full embodied reaction to Mary's greeting and shared words of prophecy, Mary responds with her own embodied prophecy These words are full of powerful examples of how God has been with their people over the course of history, and how God was going to be with Mary and God's people in the future. Mary points back to Sarah and Abraham. I want to mention that Dr. Gaffney, the translator here, appropriately, I think, adds in Hagar to this list, but Hagar's name is not listed in the original Greek. But Mary is pointing back to these parents and says, just as God has been with their people from generation to generation since Hagar and Sarah and Abraham, God is going to continue to be with their people moving forward too. Mary understands that she is like a bridge between the generations of the past stretching forward into the generations of the future. Mary talks about all of God's life-changing work in the world. And not just life-changing on the individual level. Life-changing on the societal level. The way that God seeks to change all of the systems that oppress and harm others. The hungry are fed and the rich are sent away with nothing. The powerful leaders are brought down and the lowly are lifted up. Mary proclaims her faith that God is going to watch over her and provide for her and also bring justice and build peace in all the world. When Mary finishes her proclamation, the author of Luke tells us that Mary stays there with Elizabeth for three more months. Sadly, we don't get to hear any more of the conversations that they had, though I do need to give some kudos to the book of Luke for being One of just five books in all of scripture to tell the story of a conversation between two named women. So, even though I do wonder what else happened between them over those next three months, I am thankful to have these powerful proclamations preserved. I think the relationship that we see and catch a glimpse of here between Elizabeth and Mary is so powerful, and that it's a relationship of comfort and encouragement for them. They both would have needed someone who got it in order to comfort them in their challenges of being pregnant and also being pregnant because of God's plan. Then I also think they would have needed the encouragement from one another, these words of, you can do this, you're not alone. I am with you and God said that God was going to be with you throughout all of this too. They were with each other during one of the most tender vulnerable, and remarkable times of each other's lives. I'm sure they never forgot those months together. Their relationship is a meaningful reminder about the importance of friendships in our lives and also the importance of friendships as part of our faith journey. God does speak to us as individuals, and God does love us as individuals. Right, God has different plans for Elizabeth and Mary. Despite all of their similarities, their lives are different. Their paths are different. However, God is not only about individuals. God has made us for relationships. And I would go so far as to say that the ways God loves us and calls us as individuals is so that we will go and love others too. God's love is never supposed to stop with just one person. While our lives have likely taken different paths than these women, I know that God has been with us during challenging times too. God works through our relationships to comfort, sustain, and encourage us. God is in our friendships when we talk about the things that happened at work, funny things that our pets, partners, or kids did, and when we dish on the favorite media we are partaking in. Those ordinary conversations build a foundation for us to be able to share the really vulnerable and powerful parts of our lives too, so that hopefully we can say to our friends, a colleague said a really racist thing to me. I don't know if I did all I could at that moment, Can you help me process and practice what to say next time? Or maybe so you can say, I think I need to make a shift in my career. I'm not really happy or fulfilled in what I'm doing. Do you think I'm nuts for this? For changing jobs or for going back to school? Do you think I'd be good at this? Or even, I've come to understand myself more fully. I identify as non-binary. My pronouns are they, them. Please don't use he, him for me anymore. Can you help me prepare for coming out to my parents? When we listen to our friends in these tender and vulnerable moments, we are sharing God's love with them. When we listen to our friends lament or vent frustrations, we are sharing the love of God with them. When we support them in taking risks for the sake of justice and wholeness for themselves or others, we are sharing the love of God. And when we encourage them beyond their comfort zones for the sake of justice and wholeness for themselves or for others, we are sharing the love of God. Now, if you don't have those in your life right now who support you in these ways, I pray that you find a friend who does support you, or that they find you. I know that making friends in adulthood is really weird and really hard, so know that I am cheering for you in the biggest way. Together, we can embody the prophecy of Mary. We can fully join in the coming of God's kingdom on earth. With God and with each other, we can feed the people who are hungry We can free the imprisoned. We can uplift those who have been oppressed. Together, we can join our voices with Hagar, Sarah, Abraham, Elizabeth, and Mary and proclaim that God has seen us, God has loved us and forgiven us, and that God has gifted us to each other so that we can be healed and that we can heal the broken and hurting world. A prayer for my friend. Holy God, I don't know where I would be or who I would be without them. I have run to them like Mary runs to Elizabeth more times than I can count. They have laughed with me, cried with me, fought for me when I couldn't fight for myself, and just sat there with me when there was nothing else to do or to say. I know that when they do these things, they are embodying your love. Thank you for giving them as a friend to me. I hope that I have been able to be the same sort of friend to them too. May your love in our friendship overflow into the world around us. May it bring justice and peace and joy. Keep my heart open to new friends, for your love is always meant to be shared. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. I recently heard from Joy, who shared with me how much the episode on Sarah called There's Still Time meant to her. She wrote, I turned 50 this summer and I keep thinking I'm almost out of time. I have so many things I haven't gotten to do. I want to travel. I want to spend time with my husband. He's nine years older than me. I so feel my own age, but his too. I try so hard to keep it in perspective, but this year has affected me more than I expected. When I saw the title of the podcast, I immediately listened to it before our church service. So thank you. Thank you for it all, including your willingness to put so much of yourself out there. Joy, thank you so much for sharing with me these words and for listening to the podcast each week. And I'll say again for you, Joy, there is still time. Time for you, for you and your husband, and for you and your family to recover from this year and follow your heart into new adventures. Now, everyone, don't forget to weigh in on who from the Bible you would like to hear a podcast about from me, I'll be dedicating two whole episodes to listeners' choice before Christmas. To join in on the conversation on Instagram and Facebook, look for the post that says, Tell me more, Colleen, and comment there who you want to hear about. If you don't do social media, then you can email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's a l l p l a c e s t o g-e-t-h-e-r at gmail.com to continue to see All Places Together grow you can give through our website scroll to the bottom where it says give to All Places Together and then you'll be redirected to our giving platform thank you to our mission partners of the Virginia Synod the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and people like you who share contributions now I know that it can be hard to give financially So remember that we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and engage with the APT community throughout the week. This week especially, I hope that you'll share this podcast episode with your dearest friends. Send them the link to this and say, I need you to listen to this and know that I have prayed that prayer at the end about you. I am so grateful for our friendship. And until next time, remember that God loves you and is with you, wherever, whoever, and however you are.